are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family. Your team every day. And you are with Patricia Trey and I cover your New York Giants for a variety of places. Find my work by following me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trena. And before we get into today's show with our special guest, I have an announcement to make. Um, proud to announce that the Locked On Podcast Network is now part of the Himalaya uh, family. And uh, you can now get the Locked On Giants podcast on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. Uh, Locked On Giants is also available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others, including iTunes. And uh, when you get in your car, don't forget to tell your smart device to play the Locked On Giants podcast on your smart device. And the same goes true for any of your favorite Locked On uh, network podcast. Just call it up. You'll find it on all those places. And we hope you enjoy this added um, medium for you to uh, to listen to the podcasts. All right. So with me on the line is Chris Biziano of Giant Insider. He's a regular now on, on the program. I love having him on. Christopher, how are you today? Patty, how are you doing? Everything's good. Always good when you're on the line, my friend. Always. We always <laughs> have you. a good podcast. Well, it's a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on again. My pleasure. All right. So today, what we're going to do is, uh, as everybody knows by now, Dave Gettleman spoke to the media on Monday via a conference call, uh, said that he has a plan. He says, look, I'm not going to tell you guys what the plan is, but trust me, I have one. So for the first part of this show, Chris and I are going to talk a little bit about what we think that plan is, and then we're going to transition towards some of the decisions that Gettleman has made in support of what we think the plan is and just kind of give like a little uh, analysis, if you will, on how the plan is, you know, this supposed plan is coming together. So, Chris, let's start with the obvious. What is the plan? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, Pat. I mean, first off, Patty, when I read and hear about Gettleman has no idea what he's doing, he doesn't know what kind of plan he wants. He has no plan. Is that the most ridiculous thing you ever heard in your life? I it mean, does, I mean, yeah. doesn't it doesn't make sense. sense. The plan is simple. He's tamming it down a little bit. He's creating a ton of cap space, which you'll see next year. And he's building up assets for the draft. This team has a lot of holes, Pat. They need draft picks. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're getting. They're going to have two ones. They're going to have a two, obviously. And they're going to get a three that they didn't have. A week ago, right? Exactly. I mean, that's the plan. So next year, now, whether or not their plan includes a quarterback, we'll find out next month. Can't give a definite answer on that. But to say he doesn't have a plan, it just fires me up, Patty. It's so idiotic. What don't you see? What do, what, what, do, what doesn't people see, right, Pat? I mean, the cap space that's created for next season, um, the draft pick capital that's come in, um, 12 picks in this draft. You're going to have three in the first 37, I think. That's what the plan is, Pat. And, and along the way, you try to win football games. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Chris? Everybody talks about build versus rebuild. Now, mm-hmm. I went back and I looked the two words up in the dictionary. And, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and you're laughing, but I, there's a reason why I did this. Yeah, because, I know where you're going with this guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the definition of build 
means that you are basically, you know, adding on, you know, some people, I, I can see where people would, would mix up the two, you know, oh, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're building a, a house, you know, you're building it from, from the bottom up. But when you rebuild something, this is the key here, when you rebuild, that means you are rebuilding something that was once there. Right. And, and, you know, this team has some pieces in place, not a lot, but, you know, they have some pieces in place. So to suggest right. that there was nothing there, you know, to me, it's just an erroneous statement. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and a lot of people mixing this, well, they didn't release Eli, so they're not, you know, building and all that. I mean, I just don't get it. It's not, it's... It's not a valid statement to say, oh, the, 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 he has no plan and in a total rebuild, right? Mm -hmm. They're building. I mean, obviously, you gotta, you, know, you have to do some things that get some cap space. for the. Let's not forget what this man has inherited, Patty. Mm -hmm. He inherited a mess. Yeah. Okay. He inherited a mess. So, so now people say, well, then why did you sign Odell? And they sign Odell with the intention to keep him, and then things change, like he said the other day. In the conference call, things change. We all know what that is, Patty. They, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't want to deal with the headache anymore. Of course, Gettleman was going to say, hey, it's a football move, and they gave us a great offer we couldn't resist, and he pulled them all on Brando. You know, they made an offer we couldn't refuse and all that. Patty, we all know what it is. They mm -hmm. didn't want to deal with Odell's, what they perceived to be a headache anymore. That's it. We all know that. Gettleman's not going to say that, Pat. Right. Okay? So we used that, got another number one, got a three. The guy, I mean... Listen, to say, you want to criticize Gettleman's moves, that's your opinion, fine. But to come out on talk radio and, and media or whatever might be saying, the guy doesn't have a plan is idiotic, Pat. That's idiotic, okay? He he just got a solid right guard for Olivier Vernon, a guy they were going to release probably in about three days after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the guy, I mean, the guy's building the offensive line. He's getting draft picks. He might go quarterback, you know, to, to have Eli groom this year. Um. Next year, you're looking at 80 to 100, maybe even more cap space. Give it time, Patty. That's all we're saying. Give it time. Yes, and, and in response to the, the criticisms that they didn't get enough for Odell, how can anybody make that judgment right now? We don't know, you know, how is Jabril Peppers going to function in this defense? Maybe he comes in here and he lights it up. We don't know who the number 17 pick is going to turn into we don't know who that third round pick is going to turn into right. how can people sit there and say oh that wasn't enough i don't get it because in a lot of people's minds pat if they didn't get two number one picks tom brady bill belichick as a defensive coordinator and vince lombardi coming back from the grave as a head coach it wasn't a good trade that's it pat that's it some people uh you know they have a narrative out there that no matter what it wasn't good enough for odell beckham that's it, Pat. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gettleman got a one, a three, and a. And now, if this kid Peppers turns into a Pro Bowler, are you trying to tell me he didn't get? You know, are you kidding me right now? I'm sorry. Listen, you might not agree with the trade, Pat, and that's understandable. I get it, but to say he got nothing in return is not accurate. When you just saw what happened with the headache in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown, when he only got a three and a five back for him. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm not comparing Antonio Brown. I understand that with Odell. Antonio Brown's a little bit of a different animal. But what I'm saying is that Antonio Brown is just as good, if not better, than Odell. It's the same same ballpark, right? And mm -hmm. they got a three and a five form. And the Giants were looking to move Odell. There's no question about it. I mean, they, they, were, they didn't want to deal with him anymore. 
and they got a 1-3 and a possible future Pro Bowler. And if anybody says that this kid stinks, I've, I've read that, right, Pat? Oh, he stinks, Jabril Peppers. What has he done? I mean, they, they haven't watched the kid. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah, you, you, you got to. I mean, and one other thing about this whole concept, I was kind of surprised that, that you know, people on, on the call just came right out and just said, what is the plan? They basically asked him, what is the plan? I mean, Chris, have you ever, can you ever recall any general manager, any team official, right. at any sport right. at any level right. I mean, coming out and saying what the plan is? I mean, the minute you do that, and, and I get it, you know, fans want to know, they want some reassurance. They look to us in the media for reassurance. Right. But the minute you put out there and say, well, my plan is to do A, B, C, and D. Well, guess what? You've just tipped off the rest of your competition in, in the division you know, not to mention around the league as to what you're mm-hmm. doing. So now if they want to screw you, they can. Yeah, Patty, like Gettleman said the other day, you know, you know, some people thought he came across a little arrogant. He really wasn't. He was just saying, hey, I'm not telling you guys what the plan is. It's not my job to tell you, talking about, you know, on, on a conference call. It's not my job to tell you what the plan is. You know, and he's right. He should. If, if he came out in that conference call, Pat, the other day and says, well, this is what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to go quarterback six, offensive line 17, or something like that. We'd be like, what is this guy? Has he lost his mind? Mm-hmm. That's not what you do in this league. That's not what you do a month before the draft. You don't start saying, well, we want to go defense early. We want to go offensive line middle. We want to go corner with the fifth. That's not the way it works. Do you it's remember, just- Chris, do you remember years ago? When, when it used to leak out what Jerry Reese was doing and fans yeah. used to go ballistic about it, and yeah. now all of a sudden it's like, oh, tell us what the plan is? There's an anti-Gettleman sentiment out there, Pat, uh, and, and he could do no right in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the truth, Patty. He just could do no right in some people's eyes because they feel that like he didn't release Eli. They're going to come back with him. They feel he's still got some ball left. They don't agree with that. Uh, the Odell thing, they don't agree with that. Landon Collins thing, oh, forget about that. You know, they didn't agree with that. Why didn't you tag them? All that. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I think winning is going to solve a lot of problems on this franchise. And, and uh, you know, look, only time will tell. But here, here's one thing that, that did stick out uh, to me, mm-hmm. what Gettleman said. And, and mm-hmm. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about this. Whereas last year when Gettleman came in, you know, he kind of, you know, I know what he was trying to say, but he kind of gave off the impression that the team could be competitive, maybe make a run. He kind of backed off of that, I thought, this year. He's saying, look, we can continue to build while win- you know, trying to win some games. So there, there was, to me, less bravado in what he had to say. There's no mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we're going to go and make a Super Bowl run this year as we add pieces. I think Gettleman, and you know, I came away with the impression that Gettleman had a little better uh, or more realistic grasp on exactly where this roster stands, what it's all about, and where it needs to get to before he can say, we're going to make a run. Yeah, yeah, well, he's right. He was basically saying that, hey, well, you know, we could win some games here, but we're going to be building at the same time. Last year, it was like we could make a playoff run, right? That's mm-hmm. the impression it was. And they felt that last year, Pat. They felt that, and then halfway, you know, as the season went along, they, listen, Pat, we're not apologists, right? We're, we're, no, we're no apologists, me and you. What happened was, they listen, they miscalculated some things last year. There's no question about it. They miscalculated mm-hmm. Eric Flowers big time. We know that, right? Yes. He brought in Patrick Omame to play right guard, miscalculated day, missed on that one. He's not the only general manager to miss on free agent signings. Mm-hmm. He missed. The season went along, Pat, and everybody knows what happened, okay? 
They then realize, whoa, we're not making this happen with this roster. Okay, they turned it over you a big time, right? Um, mm-hmm. And now here we are. I mean, and is it going to be even more turnover? And now we got a lot of cap space for next year. And he, listen, he, I don't get almost not going to insult him by his intelligence. He's just saying we could make a run and this and that. But what he, what he is trying to say is that while we build here, while we do some things, we can win some football games. And he like us to win his games. Yeah, but you know what, Chris? Here's the one tiny drawback that concerns me about what we perceive to be the plan. Gettleman has left himself with such a slim margin of error mm-hmm. to where now he has got to hit on the draft class. He has got to make sure that he doesn't have a Patrick Omame in, in, in his free agent signings. Yep. The margin for error is so ridiculously slim. The second something doesn't go right once the season begins, I, I shudder to think what, what's going to be said and, and mm-hmm. written about this guy. Patty, we talked about it in the last podcast. He has to have a good draft. Mm-hmm. He has to have a good draft because I, I preach it all the time in the Giants' side. You preach it a lot. Hey, we got to have patience here, folks. Now, down the road, that patience doesn't work out. He's going to get rightfully destroyed in his town. Destroyed, Patty, right? Yep. And yeah. rightfully so. And I'll be the first one to say it. Hey, Dave, you did this, did this, and your drafts were garbage. Your free agency thing was garbage, and now we're, we're, we're behind the eight ball again. I'll be the first one to say, all me and you are saying, I think I speak for you in this one, is that we have to let it play out. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. And you're right. It, if he turns around and we have another, you know, Jonathan Stewart situation or Patrick Amame situation or Eric Flowers situation, then – the knives are going to come out. And I think it will be justified because, look, mm-hmm. he's saying to trust trust him. Okay, trust is, is mm-hmm. blind in this case. But if he doesn't produce, you know, if his plan goes off the rails and, I, and, it, and it's clear that it, it was a misjudgment, then he should expect to get roasted. And right. then I'm, I'm with you, you know. Well, it's, it's Patty, like, that, right, Patty, if that happens, him and Sherman are going to be out of town in a few years. Both of them. They're both going to be gone. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's just, but to destroy him now, Patty, and to crucify him now and say, this guy has no plan, he stinks. It's because Landon Collins and resign, I can understand the frustration, but it's just not, you just can't say that yet, Pat. It's too early in the game. He's got to have another draft, free agency, and we'll see where he goes from there. Exactly, exactly. All right, Chris, let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to start talking about some of these uh, free agency moves that Gettleman has made to, to support his plan. So, folks, we'll be back in about five seconds. Welcome back to Locked On Giants, everybody. You're with Patricia Trena and special guest Chris Biziano, my good friend from Giant Insider. Does a great job. Make sure you check them out at Giant Insider. Make sure you check out their amazing podcasts. Uh, make sure you join their buffoon crew. They got the buffoon crew going up, and I, and I yeah. understand the membership is growing. So <laughs> It's going to be a whole section this year at the oh, training camp in the bleaches. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to see signs out there for the buffoon crew. <laughs> All right, so in segment two, we're going to start looking at some of these roster moves that Dave Gettleman has made in support of the plan that he has that you know he wouldn't come right out and say. So, Chris, let's, let's start with some of the – the free agent signings. Let's let's start with the the three cardinals that were signed: uh, Antoine Bethea, uh, mm-hmm. Olson Pierre, 
and mm-hmm. um, Marcus Golden. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think about those moves. Okay. I, I like the Antoine Pathea move. Yes, he's 34. Okay. But he's still got some ball left him. Now, I saw him play last year, Pat, and it was a few games I saw when I looked at Pathea and go, wow. I can't believe this guy still got some game left in him. He's, you know, he's. A, I remember he's a rookie with the Colts back in in, in the 06, I think it was 05, whatever it was. He won a Super Bowl with them. And I said, hey, he looks like he's he's still obviously. This is I'm talking about last year, Patty, when I saw him. So I like the move. Okay, think of it this way, folks. Would you rather have Antoine Benthea or Curtis Riley? <laughs> so you know what, people. This is what annoys the crap out of me, Patty. And I got to tell you, okay, because people came at me with. Oh, he's 34 years old. Okay, then I responded, did you see him play last year? Oh, 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 no. So why are you saying the guy's washed up? The guy the guy had a solid year last year, Pat, for the Cardinals. So I like the move. He's a veteran. He's going to line up the secondary. He knows Betcha. He knows what he wants. Okay? I think he's got some ball left in him as a free safety. I don't mind the move at all, Pat. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, and and the contract, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know I have them uh on the computer someplace, but the money is not to, you know, not that big of a deal. I mean, it's it it's a it's a very team-friendly, cap-friendly deal. Yeah. And look, you you know, you bring in a guy and this is so important. This is an under underrated element of playing safety that a lot of fans don't I don't think take into consideration besides taking good angles and stuff like that. But they is going to be looked at to get that defense lined up in that backfield. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got the experience. He had, There's probably nothing this man hasn't seen. So even if the Giants bring in a young safety, you know, to ultimately take over that role in a year or two, or whether, they, whether they're looking at Sean Chandler or, you know, somebody they already have on the roster, this guy is a good can be like a, a good player type of coach you know what i'm saying yeah. so he can sit there show these kids how to watch film what to look for you think back to saquon barkley last year and you know everybody says oh what the heck did saquon barkley need jonathan stewart for he didn't need a mentor how many times did barkley say that he learned how to watch film in a different way thanks to stewart's tutelage so the same thing could be said i think with a guy like antoine Bethay. yeah because he's gonna have a kid next to him with peppers yes you know, he's got, he doesn't have a veteran. Well, Landon was in the league four years, but, you know, Landon was, you know, had four years. This kid Peppers is still coming. You know, he's still, this will be his third year, and he's going to help this kid Peppers. By the way, it's it's a two year, $4.2 million deal for Antoine, but it's three th- guaranteed this year. So basically, it's a one year deal, Pat, if you want right. to cut him next year. Exactly. Okay, for, Ant- for Pathea. So, but, and you know, the thing about the Pathea, he could play free safety, he could play strong safety, he could play box, he could play back. The versatility, Pat. This is something I bet you wanted. This is something they felt they they, they felt Pat that they didn't have a Landon. They felt he was more of an up in a box, you know, uh, type safety, which he really was. Where now they have a free safety, they could roam a lot. They got Peppers that could play up and back. This is what they wanted, Pat. So let's see how this plays out. But there is a nice little signing. Yes, he is. And then you you got to remember something. Betcher's defense is based on those safeties being able to do you know play both in the box and in coverage you know you can't just have one guy doing one thing and the other guy doing another so you look at the defensive problems they had last year and is there anybody out there that's going to disagree with me when I say that Betcher didn't have everything he needed to run the defense the way he envisioned no absolutely not 
I mean, absolutely not. I mean, Betcher wasn't totally not a fault. We understand that, but he also he really didn't have the plays he, you know, to do some of the things he wanted to do. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, he feel you know he's getting some kids over here now. He, he feels he. I'm sure they feel they have two safeties that now they could do some things he wanted to do. Hey, Pat, Betcher, uh, Antoine Bethea had you know he had 436 snaps in a box last year, 335 as a free safety. I mean, just think about that. That's almost even. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, for, he so he does it both ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's huge, Pat. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. When you could line, when you call a formation, you call a defensive play, and you got a single high, and you know Pate is good in that back end. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge, and that, that's called versatility. This is something I bet you and, wanted, and he, and he gets it. Go ahead, Pat. And you can also do a better job of disguising because now, if you have if you have two guys, you know, cover two, and, you, and all of a sudden at the last mm-hmm. minute you want to bring one guy up in the box, mm-hmm. now it's not like oh, Landon's automatically going to come up in the box, and whereas you know Riley's going to draw back. Mm-hmm. Now you have to guess, and they can they can really you know mess with with opposing offenses. I think in terms of disguising what they're going to do a lot better than they did maybe last year. Right. I mean, uh, uh, listen. Here's the bottom line. I mean, is he an upgrade over Curtis Wiley? I think that's a no brainer, right, Pat? So I don't know why anybody would complain about Bethea coming over here. I really don't. Right. Let's talk about Golden. Now, if you look at the numbers, that was a pretty, you know, that was a, a prove deal for, for, for Golden. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, re- no really, yeah, really good. Uh, you know, if, if Golden can get back to what he was prior to his injury, I mean, gosh, what a value they got. Yeah, listen, Patty, you know, he played on the Betcha. Um, he had over 12 sacks a couple of years ago in 2016. He tears up his ACL last in 2017. And he comes back last year. He admitted he he didn't feel you know he wasn't fully recovered and and he was in Steve Wilkes' four three system. Maybe not the best system. Now nah, I don't like to blame things on systems. You know that about me. You know if you're a player, you're a player. But he's more aggressive. Gap blitzes and all that in Betch's three four. He liked his defense way better. So here's a kid that's coming back now, Pat, into this training camp. That's going to be a hundred percent. You know, when you tear your ACL, Pat, it takes a year and a half really to get back to, to you really feel you could, you know, 100% on that knee. He's going to feel it this year. Let's see what the kid can do. It's a one year prove it deal. If it doesn't work out, boom, he's gone next year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, a, a low cost deal. And then they added this kid, Pierre. No, also Pierre. Sorry. Yeah. I, I yeah. keep saying Pierre, thinking his, that's his first name. Um, I, I just tweeted out earlier the, the contract numbers. Again, a low cost. Yep. One year deal, you know, nothing, nothing too obscene, easily cuttable if he doesn't, you know, make the grade. Right. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I, it, it's pretty obvious that, you know, he, Gettleman wants to build up that defensive front. I mean, and they were lacking last year. They just did not have the depth to, to rotate. Yeah, I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, he, a couple of years ago, he gave Betcher like uh, five and a half sacks. He's going to rotate in. And, you know, he's going to give us some depth if he makes a team or if he looks good in the camp. He's going to, you know, he's a kid that's going to come in there. He's familiar with Betches, you know, what he wants and all that. And hopefully you get three, four sacks out of a kid like he did a couple of years ago, Pat. That's what they're looking for. They need some numbers up front. They're thin right now, Pat. They're thin. You know, so, you know, you lose, you lost Josh Morrow. You lost Mario Edwards. Some guys that were in there, you know, obviously guys were in there last year. So you're going to have to replenish that defensive line as far as rotation-wise. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, some veteran signings, they weren't, look, they weren't going to go crazy with the signings. You know, they add Jabril Peppers in there, Jabril Peppers, you know, the other half of that safety combination. Um, just, you know, overall, Chris, I know it's early. I know they haven't played a game. Do you like the direction this defense is headed based on, you know, what you do know about these players? Yeah, I like what we did on the back end. I, I really do. I, I think it's, you know, listen, Landon's a solid football player too, man. But this kid Peppers, don't forget, he's a number one pick. So it, it really was like acquiring two number one picks for Adele. Okay? Mm-hmm. It really was because you got the number one from the Browns and you got the 2017 number one. You know? If this kid, this kid's ascending, no question about it. If he turns into a pro bowler, I mean, how could you not, you know, I mean, you can't say, oh, we got robbed of this trade and all that. I like... I like what they're doing. He's bringing some guys in. If they don't work out, they're not going to cap. You know, they're not going to count against. They're not hits against the cap and all that. So you got you have to like what he's doing. Now he's going to have to draft defense. We know that. Yes. He's going to have to draft well. You know. So. Yes. And pass rushers, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the sixth pick. I give up every day. I'm thinking something different. I'm going to stick with my defensive line pick. And if you could get a kid in here that could give you eight, nine sacks a rookie year, it'd be a, uh, that'll be huge. You know what? I, I had this crazy dream that they somehow trade up and get Quinn and Williams. I mean, can you imagine? Well, he's a dominant football player. Oh, my gosh. And he and they're within striking distance that they wanted to get him. It's just, you know, I'm not sure who they would have to make the trade with or what they'd have to give up. But, mm-hmm. boy, if they could get a guy like that on their defense, oh, man. Yeah. It, I mean, listen, I, I, I've tweeted this before. I mean, I've seen him numerous times and every game I've seen him in Alabama, he's dominated up front. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Pat, if um, that ever happened, you know, you're getting it done. But there's like three or four of these kids coming out, man. That I'll be happy with when any, including if, including if they went linebacker with the white kid from LSU. Yeah, you know? that would be interesting so. for sure. All right, Chris, let's take uh, the final break. When we come back, let's talk about some of the moves they made on offense. So we'll be right with you. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Giants. You're with Patricia Trena and special guest Chris Biziano of the Giant Insider. We are trying to make sense of what Dave Gettleman's plan is. We've been talking about the plan in the first segment. We talked about the moves he made on defense so far. Now we're going to turn our attention to offense. And Chris, you know, I, I look at contracts all the time. You know, I, I have to do that with as part of my work for Forbes. I got to admit, I was a little surprised by the deal Golden Tate got um, mm-hmm. in free agency. What did you think of that whole move and that contract that he got? Yeah, I was a little surprised by it too. I, I was. Uh, I like Golden Tate, you know, um, but – you know, he's bringing in a reliable guy for Eli, a, a accomplished receiver. And what did he give him, like over nine, a little over 90 a year? Um, yeah, I was a bit surprised by it, but they're high on him. They, they really liked him. And um, like everything else, Pat, in free agency, sometimes if you want a guy, you're going to have to overpay a little bit for him. I felt maybe maybe slightly overpaid, but they, they targeted a guy and he went out and got him. Yeah, and it's interesting. It looks like they're paying him to be a number one receiver. I'm I'm trying to think, was he ever a number one receiver in his career? Well, he was a number one guy with Stafford there with uh, with the Lions a few mm-hmm. times. He had like 90 catches, you know, like that. Well, well, you know, he was like basically no, he was like basically number two. Like Calvin, he was over there with Calvin and and Detroit. Uh, he's a solid 
I can you cannot label him a number one, Patty. He's a good number two. You know. Yeah, I, I and you know, Chris, I've made this point numerous times when it comes to Odell. You can't replace Odell. No. What you look to do is you look to replace the production. And people say to me, well, it's the same thing. And it's really not. And the reason why I say it's not is because Odell was capable of so much production by his lonesome. So now you say to yourself, okay, you know what? We need to figure out how we're going to make up for the, you know, thousand plus yards and 90 plus receptions he's capable of, of generating. So how are we going to do that? So does that mean now that you look to increase everybody's receptions by, I don't know, 10 receptions per year? Do you spread the ball around a little bit more? That's how they're going to try and, you know, replace that production. Whether or not they're successful, that'll be an interesting study for down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you're never going to replace Odell. He's a dynamic, dynamic talent. Not going to replace him. But that doesn't mean you can't be an effective offense. That doesn't mean you can't score points, right? Yeah. I mean, you saw that last year, except for that Tennessee game, the last four games of the year when Odell was out, you know, they moved the ball pretty good. Okay. They averaged like 25, 26 a game. Uh, and that includes the Tennessee shutout, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know they, excuse me, I know they had the Tennessee shutout in a rainy day and all that. Um, so it could still be a very effective offense. So now you have, you know, don't forget, you got guys like Ingram, you got Golden Tate, you got Shep. Who's going to be targeted more? You know, you could spread it around. You could still be a very, very effective offense, Pat. And now you got this Corey Coleman kid they re-signed, and let's see what he's going to be in the mix now. And you know, and let's see, let's see what, let's see how it works out. Yeah, we have to see how it works out. But but you know what? I think also the Giants are going to probably add a receiver in the draft. I've, mm. I've heard that, um, you know, according to most draft analysts, this is a good class for receivers. You could probably get some good value from rounds two through four, which is why I think the Giants will go defense in the earlier rounds. Um, and then they've also, you know, the Giants also re-signed Cody Latimer. They brought back Benny Fowler which mm-hmm. I'll admit was a little bit of a surprise. I thought they might move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Coleman is back in the mix. So, and, uh, you know, and then you've got, of course, the tight ends. Evan Ingram, they're going to probably look to hopefully expand his role. And maybe they expand, um, you know, Saquon Barkley's role. Get him in space more like we saw last spring. Yeah, even even a Red Ellison might get more targets, Pat. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, you know, it's not like he can't catch it. You know, it's not like he can't catch it. He can't catch a ball. You know, maybe he. You know, it's more things now. That's all. It could be. It could still be a very effective offense. You know, it all starts up front with the offensive line, and the way you look at it, they have one spot left to address the right tackle position, and you know, there's still plenty of weapons. I'm mean, nobody can replace Odell. He's one of the best, no question about it. But like you said, now you do other things, and mm-hmm. it could, you know, I expect them to be a pretty good offense, Pat. I really do. I th- I think they can be. I mean, the key is they've got to continue to to fix that offensive line. They're still a right tackle away, mm-hmm. and they've got to stay healthy. That is the other big thing, you know. I want to see Ingram stay healthy, Pat. Yes, I want to see Evan stay healthy That's- for sixteen games. Yep. I want to see the final numbers at the end of the year with him. Yes, agree, agree. And uh, I'm also curious to see what they do with Sterling Shepard because, you know, everybody said, well, you know, Golden Tate is a slot receiver. So what does that mean for Shepard? I think they're going to mix the mix up the uh, the snaps, meaning they're going to put – sometimes you'll see Shep in the slot. Sometimes yeah. you might see uh, Tate in the slot. You might see Saquon in the slot. There's no set role – 
in terms of where the receivers are going to line up. The idea is to move them around and get the best matchup. So to say that, oh, you know, they've now got two slot receivers, I don't know that that's an accurate statement. Tommy Shep played outside a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Tate didn't do it as much now as, he, as he's gotten the last few years, but, but Golden Tate one time was like a, was an outside receiver. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. When he, when he started off with Seattle, he played the outside mostly. Played a lot, of, you know. He played a lot of slot in Detroit. That's what they asked him to do. Mm-hmm. All right. And now, as he could, I'm not saying he's he's an outside guy, but he will line up on the outside. Shep lined up a lot last year on the outside. He's going to come inside plays. You're going to have Engelman on the outside. So, you know, you you're going to have all different types of things going. On. And I expect Pat. I really do. I expect a receiver in his draft. I definitely do too. I think they've got to. They have to. They've got to keep building that unit up. Have some competition. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in um, and uh, whether or not they they make do out of it, you know. But uh, listen, the offense, you know, Gettleman spoke about this at the Combine. He said, look, you look at the second half of the season when they settled down the offensive line and how they were productive, how they scored points. And, you know, I just put an article out on Forbes. I did a study of, of Eli Manning's production versus, you know, uh, cost per production, dollar per production. And already people are saying, oh, well, what about all the garbage time, st- you know, stats and whatnot? <laughs> Guys, you know, I- I'm c- come on. I mean, I get it. You know, th- that's a narrative that's been floated out there. But look at the overall production. The numbers are right there. I didn't make these numbers up. These are all verifiable. If you want to go check my work. It's all right there, guys. Eli was not overpaid, as some people will have you say, or have you believe. He and he was not as bad as some people will have you believe. Just look at it; it's all right there. In the last four games, tell me the garbage time stats he built up. He went into Indianapolis, a defense that came off a shutout of the Cowboys, and he shredded them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense really moved the ball. Eli played well. The Dallas Cowboys, the last game of the season, had their number one defense out there the whole game. Mm-hmm. And they scored, what was it, 29, 30 points, whatever that was, final was. They scored. They, they played really well against them. Okay? So I understand beginning of the year there was sometimes, yeah, Eli got some yards, you know, they were getting beat and all that. But it's not fair to say, well, they were mostly gar- – 4,200 yards isn't mostly garbage yards. It's a lot of yards, Pat. Yeah. I know it's not, you know, it's not astronomical in today's football. I, I, I get that, mm-hmm. but it also wasn't twenty nine hundred yards either. You know, it was right. forty two hundred yards. Could the TDs been up? Yeah. Is yes. there things in Eli's game that he he needs to improve on? Definitely. I mean, it, nobody's doubting that. But to say and and, and the cap figure, would I've liked him? What, wish that I wish he came came down a little bit. Yeah, but he, what is he in the middle of the pack? Whatever he is, what is he salary? was? Um, oh gosh, now I got to look up the article that I wrote. Let me. But he's at the top. He's at the top five and nothing. No, no, he's, no, he's definitely yeah. not the top five. Yeah, definitely people, not the top five. And yeah. of the study I did, I had to toss out Gar- uh, Garoppolo and Joe Flacco because none mm-hmm. of them, neither of them, played a full sixteen games. So I couldn't really count them. Otherwise, the numbers would have been, you know. Strewed, but Eli, let me just see. I'm just pulling up the article now. You can find this article, by the way, folks, on Forbes. If you Google uh, Patricia Train of Forbes, you'll bring up my page and you'll be able to click on the latest articles <laughs> that I did. So, Eli, let's see. Uh, Stafford was the top paid, followed by uh, Carr of Oakland, Luck of Indianapolis, Cousins of Minnesota, Breeze of New Orleans, 
Wilson, Seattle, Roethlisberger, uh, Pittsburgh, and then Eli. And, and Garoppolo, like I said, and, and uh, Flacco were, would have pushed Eli down even further. These, are, these numbers that I'm talking about, by the way, are based on 28, 2018, not overall. So I was just looking at 2018, the stats. I was looking at, at the, you know, the cap hit from 2018 for all these players so right you know eli is definitely not the, the you know the highest paid you know he's paid, <laughs> he's actually not that much for two hundred thousand dollars more than what tom brady got right and right. he's and he, and he has you know we you know we know what happened in the super bowl against brady's defense right right well so you know this is the way when you read stuff and the way you hear some stuff you think uh, eli's a top paid quarterback in the league <laughs> you know well, oh look at this money he's getting paid and all that so Hey, uh, listen, Eli is going to be back for next year. And whether you hate it or you love it, you have to build, you have to say to yourself, okay, this is a quarterback. This is what this is who you're going with. So what can we do here, you know, to make this better as far as, as far as offensive line and all that. If you, you want it, you know, a lot of people want to keep pissing and moaning and screaming off the top of their lungs. I can't believe Eli's back. Well, this is the decision they made. You might not agree with it, but this is what it's going to be in 2019, Pat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let's move on. Everybody has to move on, you know, who doesn't agree with it or don't watch. I don't know what to tell you, but everybody's going to be watching. You want the Giants to win, man. Giants fans want them to win. Yes. And, and you know, one one other thing I'll say, and Chris, I think you can relate to this because your paper is, is very similar to one of the, the publications I write for, which is Inside Football. Mm-hmm. We want the Giants to do well. All right. So we're not just we're not just promoting Eli because we have an agenda or because, you know, we're trying to go against the grain. You and I both want the Giants to win because if the Giants win, people get interested in the team and they buy our papers. Okay, but at the same time, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I mean, I know and Chris, this, you know, I think I can safely speak for you on this. We're going to look at things objectively. This Mm -hmm. isn't about what Patty wants or what Chris wants. This is about what we think the Giants are going to do and whether we agree about it or, or agree with it or we disagree. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what our role is. We're, we're not here to promote propaganda or, or, you know, any agendas. We're not on Eli Manning's payroll to defend him, you know? No, no I wish I was. Eli makes a lot of money. <laughs> no, but all kidding aside, all kidding aside, no, you know, listen, uh, you got to look at it objectively you got to have some patience you got to just a lot of times people just got to breathe and go oh let me let me take a deep breath okay let me look at this roster what are we doing here you know and you're not going to agree with everything but it is what it is pat is that the decision they made is to go back with eli that's it you know yeah. uh, and pe- it's like some people like just don't want to face that like they just don't want to face it you know like like no i'm not a, i'm not accepting that eli's not going to be the quarterback <laughs> Hey, this is what Gettleman and Sherma, you know, this is what they're going with. So um, it is what it is, Pat. We'll see how this plays out. Yes, indeed. You know, and, and I do think, you know, for those who, who accuse me of being, you know, the founding member of the E-Hive Club, as uh, our buddy Mark Ross said, uh, I can't stand that that whole term. But anyway, um, <laughs> the end is coming for Eli. He's not going to be here forever. You know, the mere fact that Gettleman hasn't done anything with that contract, which I thought he might extend him just to be on the safe side, tells me that they're really looking into getting a quarterback and mm-hmm. they don't want to commit at, at the risk of potentially having dead money next year. 
which is a smart plan. You know, that's why they get paid the big bucks and I get paid the rate of a journalist. You know, that's that's a smart plan. I get that. So if they don't get their quarterback this year for whatever reason, now they can reassess things and say to Eli, so, you know, are you interested in continuing to play? No? Okay, we'll have to go get a veteran to take your place. Or if Eli says, you know, I want to play until I'm 40, they work out another short-term deal. Well... Yeah. Um, oh my God! You just <laughs> oh boy! You just wild up a lot of people with that one. Imagine that a short term deal as far as coming back. But like like you're saying, Pat, if, if that ever happened, it's a deal where if he does get released, it's not going to be you know a big cap hit. You know, no. what I mean? uh, it's going to be like you know, okay, you know, if they don't get a quarterback this year, we'll give you another two years, whatever it might be, and and it's not going to be you know a big hit against the cap. We'll see. We'll see what it plays out, Pat. If they go quarterback this year, then you know Eli is going to mentor him, and Eli will be gone next year. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And you know, look, I call me an internal optimist, Chris, but I think better days are ahead for this franchise. I mean, Lord knows, I hope that because Twitter last year was rough. Mm-hmm. I get it. The fans were upset. I get it. They're upset now about losing Landon, about you know Odell going to Cleveland. I I understand. Believe me, guys, I do understand. But sometimes, you know, you got to take emotion out of it and just let it play out and see if down the line, maybe somehow it was the right move after all. I mean, and only time will tell. Pat, if they go Haskins and Jabril Peppers turns out to be an excellent safety, you'll see how quickly the mood shifts on Twitter, on talk radio and all that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, but Pat. I brought this up with Jerry, my editor, you know, my podcast partner. I have to ask you, too. Can you believe some of the hatred that's out there on social media against Eli Manning? I don't know that it's hatred, per se, Chris, as as much as frustration. I think, you know, most people met Eli, you know, they would find him to be very likable, you know, very funny, fun and engaging type of person. I think it's the fact that, you know... And I'm putting myself in the in the shoes of those who are his critics, that everybody is getting sent off this team, but yet he, Eli, who you know, let's face it, he's he's part of the problem. We're not going to sit here and absolve him for any of the you know the, yep. the misfortunes here. But that Eli, nothing is being done. It's kind of like you know you have kids, and there's always that one kid who gets away with everything, and it creates resentment amongst the other kids because you know, hey, why is this kid getting away with it, whereas we're getting punished and made to look like the fool? So I get the concept, but you know, look, it, it just seems like it's counterproductive to me. It's there's nothing we can do. You and I can't arrange for Eli to get shipped out to Siberia. The fans can't arrange for that. I mean, if you don't like the direction the team is headed in, your option is pretty simple. Don't watch the games. Don't buy the merchandise and don't buy the tickets. It's that easy, guys. But at the same time, you know, look and see what happens. Look at it objectively. You know, look at the numbers. Look at what they did at the second half of the year. Look at, you know, the, the try to piece together the plan. I, I mean, don't be led blindly by, you know, uh, by a faction of the crowd that just see, just is so intent on destroying this mm. man that they're not seeing, you know, they're not looking beyond the, the, the forest to find mm. the trees. Patty, who was the Giants director of player personnel from 1999 to 2011? Gettleman. Thank you. 
I think a lot of people don't realize that he's not. This isn't a new rodeo for Dave Gettleman. He's not new to this. He was behind the scenes of Super Bowl winning teams, right? Yep. He went to Carolina. Okay, went. They had a fifteen and one season. A couple of successful seasons. One went to the Super Bowl. They were a couple of plays away from winning the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. And he learned. Let's give him time. He learned from from Ernie Acorsi, who mm-hmm. built that 2017, who got the team, you know, yep. got, got them competitive. Gentleman was right there with all yep. of them. He, Acorsi was his mentor. And right. if you liked what Ernie Acorsi did, Gettleman thus far has shown a lot of traits and similarities to how Acorsi approached building a roster. Right. So uh, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that Gettleman was right there with Acorsi and all that in the front office with those teams. So, and of course he learned from George Young, who yes, built a couple did. of Super Bowl teams. So let's you know, let's let's just well let's just see how this plays out um in the future, you know. Um I I'm not asking everybody to say, okay, you gotta trust and get them hundred percent. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying take a deep breath. Um let's see where this franchise is headed. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's gonna be a big few months coming up with this draft and all that. So Yep, exactly. Wait till all the pieces are in place, and then trust me. If, if if they start, if they if it doesn't pan out, and the results start going in the opposite direction, then by all means, ha- I'll I'll have my pitchfork out. Yep. Hey, if they go Haskins and the kids are bust, it's going to set the franchise back, and and it's going to be Gettleman's fault. It's going to yep. be his selection, Pat. Yep, exactly. Right? If yep. they go with Haskins, Pat, and the kid turns out to be a solid. NFL quarterback that leads his franchise to playoffs and all that, then Gettleman did his job. So yes, it's it, it just what I'm saying. It's just as you say too, Pat, as you're saying too, the last few weeks, just have some patience. Let's see where this plays out. Amen. Amen to that, Chris. All right. Great show as always. Thank you so much, Chris. Tell the folks when your next podcast is coming out, you know, because this is okay. much listened material. Okay. It's uh, Monday and Thursday night. So obviously tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night will be the uh, next one at, uh, the, uh, excuse me, <laughs> the Giant Insider podcast. You can find me and Jerry Foley at Giant Insider on Twitter. And you can subscribe to the paper. Just go to giantinsider.com. And Patty, thank you again. Always, always, always a fun show when we get together, Chris. I love having you on. Well, thank you. I love being here. Thank you very much. All right, Giant fans. On that note, we will call it a show. More coming up this week on Locked on Giants. Make sure you keep it here. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.